Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight, he's back, it's Jack McCarthy. Howdy folks, good to be back. Yeah, we're really glad to have you back. It's been over a month, and I know well, a lot of people have missed moving, you. moving takes a while sometimes. No, it, it does, I, I totally understood. And uh, I think everybody's glad to hear you, that you're back. And uh, But what we're gonna do tonight and Fedra, actually, she might be joining us. She's MIA She's right now. She's in action at the moment. Yeah. Um, so she might be coming in. And if she doesn't, I'm sure something is going on. But uh, hopefully it's not nothing bad. And, uh, well, the three of us will be together at some point. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's the 10th anniversary of Disney purchasing Star Wars. So what we're going to do, uh, we're bringing back the main topic. And our main topic is... How the hell did Disney do? Did they do the right thing by purchasing Star Wars? Has have they improved it? Have they made it worse? You know, what are their, I guess, their best accomplishments? What's their worst ones? You know, we'll kind of go through that. We'll go through the movies, TVs, shows, animation, theme park rides, and uh, and all other fun good stuff. But first, you know, I've been saving this story, Jack, for you. It's so old. For me, I'm honored. Yeah, well, let's do a little news since uh, Fedra might be joining us still. So I I have my own music that I put in later on, but okay, oh, okay. you want to do oh, it. There's a little news ticker. Okay. So Alan Moore thinks that if you're an adult and you like comic books, there's something seriously wrong with you. And he thinks that people reading comic books at like our age or even at the age of 20 uh, could it could lead to fascism. So I know you somewhat were once an Alan Moore fan uh, with some of his stuff. So I think if anybody would have an opinion on it, it would be you. What do you think about Alan Moore and his calling us all crazy for what we do? I think he's a jerk. I mean, have you always thought he was a jerk? A lot of those guys who made their big debut in the eighties and like had one big story or a couple of big stories and got very full of themselves. Like, let's face it, it. They are comic books. They are escapism fantasy. That the reason I, I read comics is because I'd be looking at accounting manuals and technical stuff all day long and on the train ride home i need to turn my brain off and just relax a bit so i was started reading comics again after a few years of taking off from them he made his money this way with them you know leave people alone if they enjoy them who cares what what difference does it make to alan moore whether or not i read comics yeah, he shouldn't you know, be judging people. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be, especially considering that's where he made his fortune. Well, that's where he made his money. That's where he made his reputation and his fame. Like, give me a break, dude. You know, it's it's like, who asked you? He has become a grumpy old man. Uh, I, maybe he always was. Because, I, I mean, I read some of his stuff. I read Watchmen. I read The Killing Joke. What else did he do? The the uh, 
Lee. Yeah, because because the Watchmen and the Killing Joke were written for children. That's true. That's a very good point. I mean, I, if you I'll want to talk about how talented, how come he didn't write it in prose? Why did he write it as a comic book? That's true. If he's such an incredible author with such genius, inspiring himself to great literature. Are you, are Why you know would you write great? it as a book? Why would you write it as a graphic novel or a comic? You know what's great about The Killing Joke? Is the Nothing. artwork. The artwork is very good. I think it's a weird story. I don't think it's anything to be proud about. Um, it's a mean little story. Yeah, it's nothing special. All he does is he he cripples Batgirl in this, and he amps up the violence to titillate. And yeah. people bought it hook, line, and sinker because he pushed the envelope of how much he could get away with. That we saw poor Barbara Gordon violated. And then what makes it worse is DC editorial left her crippled. You people coming back from the dead in DC comic books and you have to leave poor Barbara Gordon. She has to stay in a wheelchair. You know, nobody can figure out a way to heal her injuries. So all of these different Batgirls that we've seen in the comics, they haven't been Barbara Gordon. There's been a bunch of different ones. I mean, I know that there's been different Robins and like, was it Kathy Kane? Was she a, a Robin? Um, I think. <laughs> I guess we'll see Fedra in a couple of minutes. Yeah, Fedra fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, were, there were several different Batgirls. Um, I think they even introduced the one from A Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that, that's something. One. I think she made it into mainstream, you know. No, back. no, wasn't that one Kathy Kane? I think. No, Kathy maybe. Kelly. Kathy Kelly. Maybe. Or I, was I'm, a, <laughs> I'm probably getting it wrong. Or it's Kelly Kelly or something like that. But that was the Robin in that one. It was a girl. Um, yeah, but I mean, th- there's been a, a number of different Batgirls. There's been one that that is Batgirl. There's one that was like in this old black leather costume almost like michelle pfeiffer you know but this one didn't even have like eye slits or a mouth open mouth it was kind of weird but there's there's like several of them there but yeah alan moore go crawl back under your rock yeah like i said he's always been like that that old guy he looks just like unshoveled like when you see him he's always had like a beard down to his 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 ankles uh he looks like bigfoot basically it's like he's never used a comb in his life (laughs) it just looks like he doesn't want to be on this planet and that he's pissed off but he's like i'll write a comic book give me my money now don't read it (laughs) you know it's like if you read it there's something wrong with you yeah exactly it's like it's like, what was his name? Uh, old sci-fi guy, Harlan Ellison. Yeah. He was just such a crank and just so bitter about everything. Like, you, you'd see him and you'd wonder, like, why are people giving him a platform to speak? He, he just He's just miserable. He finds no fun or joy in anything. Alan Moore, you want to be that way with comic books? That's your right. That's your opinion. Um 
the rest of us enjoy them. Don't call us idiots because of something that we enjoy. It's funny. I, you know, like where you're always afraid to meet your heroes because they might end up being jerks. I met Chris Claremont once and I was afraid he was going to be a jerk. And like, he looked me in the eye and like his mouth was half open and I thought he was going to say something insulting, but he didn't thank God, you know, but I was just glad. I was just so pleased. I got my, he signed one of my X-Men comic books and I just was so glad that he didn't say something obnoxious to me, but I don't think you'd have that, (laughs) that kind of thing with, with uh, Alan Moore, because he just seems like he's just not happy. Uh, But I, I I think he's not that he's alone on this Island. There are definitely people out there. And I love Martin Scorsese and a lot of these directors, you know, that they've come out recently and said that, you know, comic book movies are ruining the industry, the movie industry and all that. I mean, they're not happy because they are successful to make a lot of money. And it's like, if you bring like a really good script to them, like if he would have brought taxi driver to them now, it's like, is he a superhero? Is he a taxi driver by day and a superhero by night? Well, no, he's still a taxi driver. Yeah. Well, we're not interested, you know? And uh, I can understand people getting annoyed with that because are there too many superhero movies out there? Yeah. There's just not a, there's not enough good ones out there, unfortunately. Um, well, I and think, I, I think they're stuck. And I think that's part of the problem, especially with phase four is you have street level superheroes that you could tell a great story with, but you're putting street level superheroes and they have to have the big cosmic hook, the cosmic threat they're dealing with. Like Shang-Chi should have been a much smaller movie. There shouldn't have been like, you know, the eater of souls who wants to destroy the entire world and only the master of Kung Fu can stop. No, Shang-Chi should have had a smaller fighting the not the, uh, ninjas, the Yakuza, whoever, you know, the Chinese mob or, you know, monks gone bad, you know, or something. You didn't need to make this universal threat. And then they've continued it where in the end scenes, the 10 rings are transmitting a signal out to the cosmos or something like, you don't need to do that. Not every superhero needs to be fighting a huge world-threatening menace. Sometimes it could just be, you know, he's trying to save a couple of blocks in the neighborhood from being overrun. Yeah, I mean, the best part of that movie was the whole bus scene, you know? I think... That uh, bus scene was really good. Yeah, but it's definitely overrated. It's something I I did not want to see again. And I know we're going to criticize Phase 4 once we start with this, but... I really haven't seen any phase four movie that I wanted to see again, except maybe Dr. Strange and, and Thor, love and thunder. Uh, Thor and love I, and thunder. I've watched, I've watched throughout. Um, Dr. Strange. I was kind of skipped around on. Yeah, me too. I, I like mostly again, when the Scarlet witch is on the screen, mm-hmm. but like when they, when they try to introduce characters to incorporate inclusiveness like 
was it America Chavez? Was was that her name? Yeah, actually, she. You know what? Considering the background of you know forced diversity and stuff, I I I thought she was pretty good. I liked her. <laughs> I'd have to see it again. You still got that cough, huh? I still have this cough. I can't shake it. But all right, screw Alan Moore. You know what exactly. you can do. All right, Fedja, we we waited for you. Let's hope that she comes in in the middle of this one because I know she wanted to talk about it. So there is a new trailer for Avatar: The Way of Water. Jack McCarthy, did you watch it? I have a feeling you didn't watch it. No, I did not. Dude, so you are you going to see this movie at all? It's it's amazing how little interest I have in seeing this movie. And I know I'm probably one of the few people on the planet that feel this way, but I I I'm, I just can't get excited about it. The first one was technically beautiful. Story-wise, let's face it, it wasn't the best story. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, listening to James Cameron talk for years of how, you know, technology hasn't caught up with his genius vision. Actually, yeah, I got tired of hearing it. And now that, you know, he feels ready to bestow his brilliance on us, um, I'm just not in that big a rush to go run in to see it. There's going to be a bunch of sequels, I, I think. I know. And but you know what? If he takes 10 years for each sequel, he'll be like uh, George R.R. Martin, where they'll be like, James Cameron might die before he finishes his Avatar story. Well, I, I think that they're coming out a lot sooner, like they're being filmed back to back. So the next one might be next year. Uh Definitely the year after. So I, I think that once he's gotten this one out, here we go. They're, they're going to just be flooding out. I saw the trailer. I, I enjoyed it. I, I just, I like the look of it. I'm intrigued. I want to see what's going on. I want to learn about the new characters. Yeah, the animation looks a little better. Well, I'm and, sure it's, it's, it's grown in what, the 10 years since it, the last one came out? Yeah. I'm sure technically, once again, technically, it's probably going to be a beautiful-looking movie. Um, but I don't know what the story's going to be like. So, I mean, who knows? People might come out and say, wow, it's really good. It's not just fluff. You know, this, he, he, you know, we spent a lot of time developing the story. Maybe that'll get me a little bit more excited for it. But just looking at the pretty pictures, um, I kind of want something a little more. Yeah. Now, the first one, there wasn't really an interesting And character. there she is. I don't see her. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Oh, there she is. Okay. You okay, yeah. Fedra? Yeah, I took a power nap. So sorry. <laughs> Must have been pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, it was only for 40 minutes, but I uh, I just dove first. How's it going? <laughs> How's the show? <laughs> well, we didn't get too far. We uh, did one news story, and we're actually up to Avatar, The Way of Water. So yes. if you want to give your impressions, Jack didn't even watch the trailer. I did, a- I, I did, and I, uh, 
I'm very excited about that. I think you're right. I think this is going to be uh, a movie that I'm waiting for. And I, I never got a chance to watch the first Avatar. And oh, get out of here. Oh. Still? Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. She said she saw it. Yeah, so, okay. just not an IMAX. IMAX. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this time I'm making it happen. So I think with this visual, it's going to be like amazing. I'm probably just going to be so overwhelmed. What about you, see, you guys? Did you see Avatar in 3D? I think I did with the glasses. No, I look, it's one of the best looking 3D movies out there. I mean, it because of that movie, it caused the whole caused the whole 3D phase where everybody was making 3D movies after that. Yeah, and, I uh, remember when it was like right in front of me, but I I just I wanted to see it on a bigger screen to be honest, you know? So that's why like this was like one of those films where it's like I need to see this in IMAX. So Yes, I I really didn't give my opinion, but I was saying Jack didn't even bother watching it because he's an Avatar snob. He just doesn't like the movie. And I will admit, oh, let's I, face it, I was I'm, I was also at work, so I can't right. really watch it at work. He can't spend two minutes watching a trailer. That's okay. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. No, but yeah, I'm this- saying that there, there's no, there's really no interesting characters in the first movie. The story is nothing original at all. It's Pocahontas, Dances with Wolves, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Um, the acting is atrocious for the most part. The lead, I forget the guy who's the lead character. He's horrible uh, in everything that he does. And he's not very good in this. Zoe Saladana, you know, she's okay for what, what she is. But I would say everybody in this movie is just awful. Like even the bad guys are like over the top bad it's really yeah i feel that way yeah it's like it could have been so much better just james cameron has done such great movies like terminator 2 and true lies and uh what else did he do he's done aliens um and i just felt like he didn't get the best out of his actors with this it it seemed to me more like george lucas directing this movie so but the trailers turned me on i mean i think it looks really nice i'm like I said, I'm very intrigued as to what's going to happen, what stories about who these new characters are. I know that they've kind of resurrected one of uh, the guy that died at the end. Um, you know, the the guy with the white hair that was the main villain, and he's in the body of an avatar or something like that. Oh, um, okay. Well, it also reminds me, honestly, of Wakanda for- forever because it's showing again, like a world of land and then a world of water. So it's a similar theme, actually. Reminds me of Waterworld a little bit. Oh, okay. Just from the scenes I've seen of the water and some of the things that they said. But no, there's there's also jungle in there. But no, I think that's pretty cool. I just hope that it's not going to be like Avatar The Last Airbender, where they're going to copy off of that, where it's right. like, well, there's, there's the water kingdom, there's the fire kingdom, there's the forest kingdom and all those movies are good we're going to be it's like is the next one going to be called the way of fire you know or the way of earth the wind uh, of air <laughs> the heat of flame wind up my ass <laughs> i don't know but hopefully it's good i'm definitely going to go see it day one um i'm very optimistic about it it can't be worse than the first one <laughs> 
Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> well, yeah, let's hope put not. A, it always could be. They put a lot of money and a lot of time in it, so it better be good on some level. Well, Cameron's got to be a billionaire. He just doesn't care. I mean, that's why he can take 10 years to make a sequel to Avatar and do nothing else because he has so much money. And even like when they were making Pandora in uh, Animal Kingdom, he kept delaying it because he was just like, he wanted it to be perfect. And, um, but they had to do whatever he wanted. And he's one of those guys, one of those guys, you know? Anyway, all right, let's get on to the main topic. So our main topic is back on October 30th, I guess it was 2012, Disney announced they're purchasing Lucasfilm for three for, no, for four billion dollars. And this is so this is the 10th anniversary, and we wanted to kind of go over was it a good thing or was it a bad thing? What kind of accomplishments they made and what failures have they made and we're going to go through movies tv theme parks whatever we can for the time being i guess we're going to stay away from other lucasfilm properties like indiana jones because we really haven't seen the 50 indiana jones yet so we'll just focus mostly on star wars because that's what people are mostly interested in and i think when they think of lucasfilm they automatically think of star wars so anyway, let's start with the movies. So uh, they did release a couple of movies. They announced that they were going to do an episode seven, that there would be a new trilogy with a new hero, new villain, and it would be a continuation from the Skywalker saga. So the first movie that was released was The Force Awakens. Uh, after that, they started. They decided, let's do some spinoffs so that we can release a Star Wars movie every year. And uh, the, the first one was Rogue One. And then after that, we had the sequel to The Force Awakens, which was called The Last Jedi. And then the other spinoff the following year was Solo, a Star Wars story. And then finally, we got the end of the Skywalker saga with The Rise of Skywalker. So what did you guys think of these movies? And did you think that they helped the franchise or did they hurt the franchise? And I, we'll ask you, Frederick, because I know Jack's going to have a, a lot to say for sure. So, Okay. Um, I sadly did not see Solo. Uh, I personally okay. just avoided it because, you know, I'm a Harrison Ford fan, so I just could not see anyone taking else that role personally. So I will need to watch that eventually. Um when it comes to the films, it's very hard. I mean, I, if I could, I would probably say 50-50 because 50% of it really wasn't that great. Uh, you know, they added their own spiel. They added certain narratives that are obvious that really didn't help the overall arching story of star wars but then at the same time that creative side also showed different ways of telling the story adding you know the unique characters of ray and kylo ren um and even finn and poe uh but at the same time 
I felt like the writing could be better in Force Awakens and in Rogue One. I think it was just like the next step was better in The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. I thought, okay, they were getting a little bit better. And overall, I mean, I won't have much to say about the animated series, but I will say that the films, in my opinion, are better overall in quality and crew than the series, which we'll get to later. Okay. Jack? You drop off? No, no, I'm fine. I just didn't want to cough on the mic here. Oh, okay. Um, they had bought, you know, this beloved franchise. And I think with The Force Awakens, they made the right step. Um, they came back and, you know, a lot of people never really took to the prequels. So they came back and I think they followed all of the right notes to get everybody excited about star Wars again. Cause the force awakens was a fun movie. And I mean, like I said, I remember that trailer coming out and I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh my God. You know, it's back, you know, but then something funny started happening. Um, we got Rogue One, spin-off movie. Now, Rogue One, I enjoy that movie an awful lot. I like it. I really do. However, um, I don't know who did the casting for it. Uh, the main girl who played Jen Erso, um, I just don't think she's a very good actress. Yeah, They, need, they needed right. somebody with a little bit more spunk. A little mm. bit more oomph to her. Well, what about Cassian? Now you see, I we have difference of opinion on that. I think he fits the role very good as the type of spy or the guy who goes and does the dirty work. You know, because he doesn't draw attention to himself. He kind of tries to blend into the background as best he can because. He knows he's going to pull some nasty stuff and it's going to be harder to get away if he's made a spectacle of himself. But I know you have different opinions on him. I, I think he's he's good. He's not the problem with that film. Do you um, think do you think because of her weakness that it caused me to dislike Cassian? Like if she was if she was someone else was cast as her that I might've liked Cassian more like he, he couldn't play I think off you may have because, because um, the way another actress may have played off of him, maybe we would have gotten a little bit more of that, that he's like, you know what? I'm, you know, you're look, you're going in the wrong direction. You know, this is how we should do it. We need, you know, need to stay quiet, sneak around. Maybe. Um, I just thought I just thought she was very weak. Um, you know, but the rest of the movie, I thought was terrific. Yeah, I think you yeah. needed a, like a character like Ripley, you know, from Aliens in that role. Right. Well, Ripley, Ripley was tough, but she had a lot, a lot more depth. You know, you, you saw her, you know, as the badass, you know. Take on the alien queen. 
woman, but you also saw her being tender with Newt, Hmm. you know, like, oh, good God, this poor kid, you know, you got to see a little bit more. Um, What what was I, I, what was the name of the actress who played uh, Jen Erso? Felicity Harding or something? Oh, geez, I I, I have a brain fart. Um, You know, um, whatever. You know, like I said, she really didn't seem to bring too much to that film. But I thought uh, everybody else was great. I thought Andy Felic- Gouda is the droid. Felicity uh, Jones. Felicity Thank Jones. you. Thanks, Fedra. Um, I I thought Andy Dudek as the, the droid was hysterical. Yeah, he was a good droid. I liked the blind guy and his friend, you know, as like the bickering. Didn't like him. Couple. Okay, well. There's a lot to like in Rogue One, despite, you know, the weakness of Leap. And let's face it, the final, the last third of the movie was just a roller coaster. That was just fun to watch, you know. But then then we get to The Last Jedi and they gave it to a new director. They let him do what, what he wanted, which was a mistake because you have to have some sort of plan laid out. If you're going to tell an overall arc, uh, you can't let one director do what he wants, introduce all the characters, and then give it to somebody else who says, I'm going to keep this, I'm going to throw away this. I'm going to keep this, I'm going to throw away this, without any regard to where the story is going to go afterwards. Um, However, Ryan Johnson did a good job. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would have liked to see where he went going forward um, with his idea of the sequel trilogy. But everybody threw a conniption and basically drummed him out of town. Okay. Then we had Solo. Second, second standalone movie, uh, which Fedra, you should watch it because it was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it you know, it, it gets a lot of flack, you know, but you know what? Honestly, it wasn't a bad movie. Um but I will I say she's it. she's right. It. She is right. I I'm sorry, but this guy it, it's hard to watch him. There's Aaron. No, that's not Aaron Eckhart. That's uh, that guy played uh, Two Face. I forget Alrike or something like that. But he Whoever played Han Solo, young Han Solo, it wasn't Harrison Ford. And yeah. you're right. It, we, that was missing it a lot. Like I always said, all they had to do to improve this movie was have a scene where you brought in Harrison Ford and Billy D. Williams just playing a game of sabacc at the table and then just kind of going o- over old times. And then slowly you see their beginnings. And I think that would have brought in like another hundred million dollars to the box office. If people knew that Harrison Ford and Billy D Williams were going to reprise their characters just for like three minutes, that would have really helped the box office for them. It it, it could have helped. Um, But then the other problem with that movie is they mismanaged it completely. You know, you don't put a movie out a week before Avengers and uh, Avengers Infinity War and expect to make any money the following weekend. 
You don't. I mean, it's it's. Let's face it. You you don't want to be anywhere near a Marvel movie. You know, if you want your movie to last more than one weekend. You know, whoever said, "Oh, geez, you know what? We can't release this at, at Christmas because you know it'll compete too strongly with Mary Poppins Returns." Come on, like. They're, you're talking totally different audiences, you know. Why? The one doesn't have anything to do with the other. So, like I said, to take it out of the Christmas season, shove it in at the start of the summer movie season in front of probably the biggest movie of that year, it, it was a mistake. And then we have the Rise of Skywalker, which was an apology for Ryan Johnson that wasn't needed. Why did you backpedal on so many different elements of the story and rehash so many things in ways that didn't make sense? I mean, uh, here it is. There's this mystical dagger that they find. You know, oh, the whole point of it only works if you're on one particular hilltop, <laughs> you know, looking at it from that direction. Otherwise, you're screwed. You know, it, it's just things like that are just inane. And while it was very cool to see some things like everybody come back for the little cameo, you know, that was cool. It was fun. Um, it didn't make any sense. And I mean, some people complain, like Joe, about, you know, riding horses on the top of a Star Destroyer. I thought that was hysterical. I oh, I complained about everything in that movie. Yeah, you complained about everything. But like the fact that, you know, you had these people who were living a nomadic life, you know, let them bring their horses. Why worry about, you know, speeders being like overwritten or something? I don't know. I thought that was fun when they all came out. And they're galloping across the Star Destroyer. And the Imperials are like, what, what, what the hell are they doing? What horses? What? You know, it had little moments that had a glimmer of fun in it. But the movie just didn't make sense because it was so busy apologizing because, you know, there were vocal fans who weren't happy with uh, The Last Jedi I, yeah, it's, I, it's I kind of like, they, a, like the Snyder Cut, direction. you know, like where where people were complaining, release the Snyder Cut, you know, and so they did do it, and, you know, and it, and it, there were improvements to the original Justice League, but it's I still say that corporations should not be intimidated by people online. First of all, you don't know who they right. are. They might be little kids for all you know, or they might be bots, or they might be Zack Snyder, you know, basically organizing something like this which it seems like he did and it could be the same thing with star wars too it, it, you know it might have been maybe uh jj abrams like saying that oh you know i want to come back you know and make a couple of million dollars and, and make the sequel let's make it that nobody liked it and we don't want to have what ryan johnson did you know and i'll fix everything but but, but let me, I'm going to start. All right, so I'm going to go back. I agree with you, Jack. That trailer for The Force Awakens just was mind-blowing. 
Loved it. Loved it. I've watched it so many times. I watched. Or even, even speaking of trailers, they should have done a media blitz before the trailer of the rise of Skywalker came out. They should have had bought, and this is Disney. They got tons of money. They should have bought like eight o'clock on like a Tuesday night, every ad slot at like eight o'clock and just have it, you know, like static or something. And we hear the emperor, you thought your days were safe or something, you know, and let the emperor announce that he was back, you know, and then do see the trailer on whatever date, you know, people would have gone bananas just like they did when the force awakens came out. But instead the first we heard of it was, you know, the scroll going up the screen. It was just bull crap. Maybe the Lucasfilms just needs a new marketing department. No, they need new leadership. Hey, let's get people excited. You know, instead of including everybody and pushing diversity, let's get people excited about the story. Damn it. Well, again, what, what you said, and we've said this for a while now, there was no plan for this trilogy and they were overconfident. Like when the force awakens came out, a lot of people loved it, including myself. And a lot of, some people didn't like it, but it, it made over $2 billion. And it was a huge success for Kathleen Kennedy and the star Wars franchise. And I've seen it. I saw it six or seven times in the theaters and I just couldn't get enough. I just was so happy that we got some good Star Wars where the last Star Wars we had was the the prequels and I just was not a fan of them. But yeah, it's just that they got overconfident and I think that they felt and they still do if they just put anything in, and it's got the word Star Wars on it that people are going to hand over their wallets and uh, or rob banks so, in order to see the movie that they're pushing. And They've learned that that's not the case. Um, yeah, I, I'll say real quick, Rogue One, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I did like the end battle, like you said, and I like the villain, but it, it seemed yeah, very- Yeah, Krennic was a great villain. Yeah, he was a great villain, but it, it could have been better. I, you know, for a Star Wars movie, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't a prequel, you know, but it could have been better. Last Jedi, yeah, I appreciated that Ryan Johnson did something different. We still had issues with-, with uh, uh, Rose and, and Finn and um, <laughs> what was that place? I, I, it's, I shouldn't even try to remember what it was. Canto Bite. <laughs> you know, yes. that whole stuff. And this is where the problem with Disney does or Lucasfilm or whoever's in charge. I know that when uh, they used to watch these movies and if something didn't work or like they test screen them or something to audiences, it's like, well, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Instantly, people would have said the Canto Bite stuff. It's just boring. It drags. It's not doesn't need to be there. It doesn't make any sense, really. And they accomplished nothing in the process. You know, why don't we get rid of that and make the movie a little tighter? But I think that, again, that they, they were afraid because we, we were getting into this whole thing now where inclusiveness and the Me Too movement, I don't know if it was around there. I think it was around there. You know, we had a, a an Asian female hero. 
we couldn't get rid of her. And, you know, and then we had Finn. We couldn't get rid of him. And that's sad because he was good in the first one, but they kind of like they didn't know what to do with him in the second one. So they created this stupid story that I wouldn't say it ruined the movie, but it it, it took away from it because I thought that overall I liked what was going on with it. People had issues with Luke just being like a hippie and giving up and everything. But even Lucas said that that was his original treatment of Luke. And even if you, you look at Luke, Luke was never confident in being a Jedi. It's like, True. he was almost forced to be a Jedi in a way. It's like everyone was like saying, well, you're the only hope. And I like that whole thing. Like where, you know, you could say like, say it's like Superman. Well, you know, it's like Megamind. Remember Me- Megamind where, uh, you know, what's the Brad Pitt's guy? Uh, I, I can't think of the hero in that one. Um, but uh, the Superman analogy, yeah, the Superman. But you know, he he. After a while, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, it's like, you know, is this really what I want to do? And I think that that's what Luke did. He's just like walked away. I know he had his reasons and all that, but it was good because it's you know we got that that scene that shocked us. Like it wasn't equivalent to like, you know, no, I'm your father. But it was up there, you know, by them killing off Snoke, uh, you know, which we thought was going to be the main baddie all the way until the end uh, of the of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And they just killed him. It's like, what the hell? What's going to go on now? You know, yeah. once again, it brought excitement into it that like, oh, my gosh, this movie just went off the rails. What's going to happen? Yeah, and Solo was, you know, was what it was. But their problem too is they aired their dirty, their dirty laundry in public, saying that they, the writers and the directors were not getting along with Kathleen Kennedy. She fired them. They brought in Ron Howard to finish the film, and people just automatically assume this movie's trouble. I don't know if I want to see it. I'll wait for it to be on cable because Disney Plus wasn't around at that point. Um, and like you said, yeah, like they shouldn't have released it before Infinity War. So they just release it around Christmas time because it's not a horrible movie. When you look at, you know, the complete mess that was going on behind the scenes, they kind of patched together a decent movie. Um, it's not the best movie, but it's not like I've, ne- I've yet to see anybody that's seen that movie and walked away and said that movie really sucked. It had its moments, you know, it's like, you know, they didn't have the best villain or anything like that, but it, it definitely had its moments. I, I'll say it was it was a fun. You know, you go to be entertained, and you know to see a movie, and I I was, and it was fun. But the Rise of Skywalker was a friggin' disaster. I hated it. I hate every scene in it. And again, it's something you 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 know the whole thing is there comes a point when you try to please too many people, you end up pissing off a lot of people in the process. And uh, they were listening to the fans and they were scared of the reactions from the last Jedi where they're like, it was a mixed message, especially with Rose because they're like, well, we're not getting rid of her because we love Rose. And then they gave her nothing to do. They're like, well, you sit behind and you hang out with Leia until she dies, you know, but we're all going off on this adventure. You're not invited. And it, it just from beginning to end, I, I just despised the movie. No, it, I mean, it, and it's 
you know, I didn't have the hate for it the first time I saw it like you did. You no, know, no, I remember you liked it. I thought, I'm like, oh, and I laughed at you. <laughs> but yes, I know. But then with each rewatch, there was something else that just started to just annoy me. Like the whole bit, like in the desert where they sink into this yeah. black pond of quicksand or something. And they come out the other side. Well, what what's keeping this thing suspended? What what the hell is that? You know, it's like that Harry Potter thing, you know, but it's like. You see that like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, OK, they fell down and they're in a tunnel or something. And oh, wow, that snake is pretty cool looking, you know, but in the rewatches, you're like, what? What the hell? What, what's happening? What what's the point of this? You know, as opposed to. The Last Jedi, you're like, oh, you know, it kind of sucks. Luke Skywalker is kind of a bummer. But with each watching of it, you find something else that, like, wow, this is this story is a lot deeper than I thought the first time around. So where the Last Jedi got better with each rewatch, the Rise of Skywalker got worse. I don't know who the writers were for that movie, but they were just horrible. Again, like the, the first scene where you have it, where he ends up uh, Kylo Ren meets Palpatine and uh, he realizes that he has to go and, and find the blade and all that. And that there's a map and it's just why, <laughs> you know, it's like they they could have made it so much better. And for them to say that this was this was the plan all along. They're so full of crap because they could have at least given us hints of Palpatine returning. Right. You know, like in The Last Jedi or something like that. It's like, no, they're like, well, it didn't make two billion dollars. Last Jedi. Something must be wrong. We got to do that whole thing where we bring something back from the past that everybody's going to like. And this movie will make maybe three billion dollars. So they brought back Palpatine. They brought back uh, what's his name? Uh, Wedge and Tilly's and well, all these oh, other well, guys. Know, Wedge, Lando. Wedge, that was the that was the cameo. The cameo yeah. I wish we had seen was I wish we'd seen the Rebels crew. We saw the ghost. Yeah. But yeah, we they, they were there. It would have been us, great to see like Hera. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you, they, they were giving us the kitchen sink. If you don't have a story, that's what you do. You bring in characters that everybody can smile. It's like, oh, there they are. There they are. But there's no story. You know, it's just to like falsify your emotions it's like, let's just pump them up. It's like, are you happy to see Ezra? Are you, you, you happy to see Chopper and all that stuff? But you know what? We really don't have a story. So just focus on that. Just look at the pretty things in front of you. And that's what I felt that they did with this movie. And again, they, they tried to, they didn't know what they were going to do with Carrie Fisher. So they're like, well, we can't get somebody to replace her. And she was so great. She's like the Chadwick Boseman of Star Wars that we can't replace her. So we'll just basically. I think we'll, that's I, I I I know this movie's coming out in another week, but I really can't see. I mean, why they just couldn't recast T'Challa is just too important a figure in Marvel comics just to be relied on by one actor. Well, that's a, another story we'll get to another but yeah, time. But all right. <laughs> but, Next week when we when we all talk about. Yeah, when we're revealing how much we're disappointed. Yeah, how much it sucked. Anyway, I think they hit a home run with The Force Awakens. 
but they ended up losing the series altogether with everything else that they did after that, or, or they didn't have enough confidence in themselves where, like you said, they had to make an apology movie and that it was the last movie of the star Wars saga. And you add end on a bad note. How dare you? I mean, star Wars is very important. You don't fool around with it. You don't say, well, it's like, well, you know what? It's crap, but we're going to release it anyway. You know, because we have to, because we have to make sure we get money on our books for a December release. No, you fix it before it comes out. If it's uh-huh. crap, you fix it or you delay it for two years a- until we get something good because we did not get something good. No, we anyway. didn't. We didn't. All right, let's move on. I'm going to move on to the live action series so we can bring Fedra in here. I'm sorry, Fedra, if, uh, you know, Jack and I got engulfed into it. No, but, it's fine. But let's bring you in here, Fedra. So the live action series that they introduced they had the mandalorian the book of boba fett obi-wan kenobi and andor so i know you've seen i know you've seen all of the, the yeah i'm up first to speed three. now and you're up to speed with andor too yeah okay so so what are your feelings on these live action series um I, as i was saying earlier i don't think there it was very strong i, I mean out of the the series you just named, I would say Mandalorian is the strongest mm. uh, in writing and concept and, you know, using effects and, you know, making it also cinematic. Uh, but again, you know, that's one out of what, four? Uh, yeah. I mean, Book of Boba yeah. was very weak. Uh, I did not like Obi-Wan at all. Uh, I think it was ridiculous following this story of Luke and Leia at all. I, I think it was completely useless. Uh, and um, with Book of Boba, you know, I really wanted to see, you know, the tough in the desert, you know, um, I'm, I'm going blank Ta- on the Tatooine? name. Tatooine? No, not on Tatooine, but his, his role uh, as a... Um, Crime Lord? Oh, Crime Lord? Yes, that and also, um, what is it? His tokens, you know, going after these uh, specific people. Uh, that's what I was really hoping oh, that he would be people? doing. Well, not just the sand people, just like anywhere in the galaxy. Oh, okay. And, and uh, I wanted to see more of that, see more of the politics of the Empire. How did he maneuver through the Empire? Uh that's what I wanted to see where, you know, it just wasn't a flowing story. It was just so mixed up. And, you know, we can't forget the, the Utes on their scooters. And yeah, that was and, your phrase. Yeah. <laughs> and, all, and all that, it was just, ugh. And, and the whole, like, even though it was kind of cute, the whole scene on the, on the train, like the wild West, it still didn't feel like this was part of star Wars. Uh, and, like uh, I said before that, you know, Julian noticed for me, there wasn't many aliens either, which I think is so odd. There's which maybe like, like like in any of the series, there might be like three aliens. That's it. It's just people. And it's just like, to me, that doesn't make sense. If we're 
going into Star Wars, there should be different races of aliens and there should be, you know, seeing how the Empire is and and just a variety of species where I just feel like all in all of these series, it's just people. And to me, it's just kind of boring. The whole reason why I liked Star Wars was there were ships, there were ship attacks and there was aliens and there was, you know, going to all these different worlds and worlds being blown up and all of this, you know, oppression and dealing with the empire and hiding from the empire and rebelling. And, and it's just like, none of that really felt in these series, except for, you know, these last episodes of Andor that's when I really started to feel the people wanting to rebel and feeling the empire as it really is. And it's just like, really? Like your whole series is going to be three good episodes. Like that's, that's terrible. That's, that's not progress. That's not showing good, you know, uh, like you said, uh, showing of good leadership and good, good writers. You know, I, I was talking to Dan the other day and we were talking about Andor and uh, we're not huge fans of it. But uh, I said, if you're going to have a Star Wars movie or a Star Wars series, there's two things that you need. You need stars and you need wars, you know, and Andor doesn't have any of that. And a lot of this, these series don't either. It's like they're they're forgetting, you know, what they should be providing the audience like with entertainment and you know like they're they're going so far off where they want to do their own thing yeah that they're forgetting what star wars is all about Uh yes i i agree with that i think they are really trying to do something different with the franchise that they they should not because the whole reason why they bought it was for a certain branding and certain messaging that people really loved and now i feel like they're trying to make it into like a detective film or they're trying to make it into this like dances with wolves homage or you know or they're trying to make it into like obi-wan's this weak you know lost jedi trying to save these children it's like no like this like you're completely taking the character in this totally different way and then of course not to mention you know personal agendas and personal narratives that are in there that are really like that's i think what antagonizes me a lot it's like this doesn't need to even be in here but you guys just have to put it in here like why can't it just be star wars like why like i get the inclusivity i'm totally fine with that but when you start putting these different themes in here that is useless to star wars that's also why it doesn't make sense (laughs) this shouldn't exist in star wars there's you know like i don't know like i don't know how to explain it but it's like you wouldn't put a detective vibe in pirates of the caribbean (laughs) that's a good point no wouldn't make sense this is about treasure this is about you know giving the finger to the england you know and you know he's drunk and he goes on his pillages you know he's lots of girls that's the vibe of pirates of the caribbean right so you're not going to manipulate that and put all these things in it and ruin that really, well, really, well, really profitable doing. franchise. You the, know? New, the new Pirates of the Caribbean that I heard, I don't know if, if they changed it, but when they fired Johnny Depp, they're like, well, we're going to reboot the franchise and we're going to have all women pirates. Oh, no, please. <laughs> it's like, again, you're catering to a specific group 
where you're, you're forgetting your core audience of the people that really enjoyed the series. Or someone like me who actually knows history and there were not many women pirates at all. Women did not, could not afford ships, let alone an entire crew, let alone enjoying killing and raping and pillaging throughout the countries. Let's just be real. Well, there's <laughs> not we too just... much raping in Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Right, I know, but I'm just saying like, as we go toward what reality is, and it's just like we're skewing further and further away from what it is. It's just like, ugh, that, that's what annoys me. It's like, try to keep it as uh, realistic to the historical context as possible while making it fun and for the whole quote unquote family. All right. Is, is that your period end of statement? Yes. I'm trying to be quiet so Jack can go. <laughs> All right. All right, Jack. Um, well, I, I think the live action series are a very mixed bag. Um, the Mandalorian has been consistently excellent. Um, where they wanted to set, set an old Western style story in the Star Wars universe. And it worked. I mean, the lone gunslinger storyline works for the character and and it just does um book of boba fett was a mess um why we need to see a kinder gentler boba fett where he's he's the cuddliest crime lord in the galaxy you know because you know he's understanding with people and oh these scooter utes they're just misled all they all they need is a job to get straightened out. So you know what he's like? He, he's like Andy Griffith, uh, you know, sheriff. Almost, Andy yeah. Andy Taylor. Yeah. yeah, but he's not he's not a crime lord. He's I don't know what he's supposed to be. He, he's supposed he wants to be the mayor of the of yeah. uh, Moss Munchkin City. What was the name of it? Well, it wasn't Moss Isley. It wasn't Moss Isley. Whatever it was, most crappy. Wherever it was, wherever it was, he wanted to be the mayor. He didn't want to be crime lord. I mean, he why would the mayor that could walk the streets and people would, you know, hand them babies to kiss? You know, yeah. It's like thank would, you, Boba Fett, with your helmet off. May I kiss your hand for providing me work? Yeah. No, no thanks is necessary. I'm you just know, glad to see the smile on your face. It should be <laughs> he's walking down the street and people are getting off of the street. People exactly. are hiding in the houses. And him just random shooting people just for the hell of it. Like if somebody gives him a watermelon, it's not the size he wants. Blow his head off, you know. But yeah, no, they, they, like you said, they softened him up. It's like that's not the Boba Fett that we remember. And and, and the, the fact that they had to bring the Mandalorian in for two episodes of Boba Fett's six, you know, to save it, I guess, maybe to get people to watch it. You know, they're like, uh, maybe we better bring uh, our most popular series guy in here. You know, once again, it, that was just a failure on so many levels, aside from the two Mandalorian episodes, which were kind of cool. Um, Obi-Wan, I think that was, that series was not needed. However, 
the fight scenes between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader were very cool with the updated perspective on what Jedi were able to do uh, with the telekinesis uh, amped up more than just, you know, bringing a lightsaber over or throwing a piece of equipment. I mean, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, sending a hail of rocks at Darth Vader to knock him off balance, you know, it was very cool to see, but was it really needed? Mm, no, it wasn't. Um, you know, so like I said, the the live action series are a mixed bag. Um, I hope they continue with season three of The Mandalorian along the lines of the first two seasons instead of what they're turning their series into now. I you think know. that's they're safe. If John Favreau and Dave Filoni, that's their baby. And apparently Kathleen Kennedy can't get her hands on it. I, I think the third season should be safe. Well, I don't know how. He, Boba Fett was still John Favreau's baby as well. and But he left <laughs> after she started uh, interfering. He left the series. Oh, did he? I didn't, I didn't remember that, but yeah. you know, and um, you know, and, and it's little things, you know, because she was the one that was like, we can use some scooter utes, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, well, the word came down from Disney. We got to start selling merchandise. Can someone come up with something that we can sell? And I was like, well, how about these motorbikes, you know, with all different colors and uh Yeah. It, it, you know, he he left because he he felt that wasn't Star Wars. So he's like, I'm going to go focus mention, on on season three of Mandalorian. That and not to mention the whole problem with the scooter utes as well. That was the most boring chase scene ever. Oh yeah, like it's what movie was it that you know the guy is like on the ice and he's screaming like, no, don't run me over, don't run me over. And you see, like the Zamboni following. I was like, Deadpool too, or either one or two. But right. I mean, it's it's like that. It's like we have to get away. Well, the speed limit's only fifteen <laughs> miles an hour. No, I said it was like when uh, George was on his his rascal, where he was faking that he was uh, he was injured or, or crippled, and then the group of old people were chasing him. Yeah, down like, the street. You know, it just. It was if, if that if that scene was sped up, and we got to see these scooters as like hot rods instead of just yeah, make them dirty. You know, don't make them colorful. Well, that's that's also the other problem too. Everything in the planet is dusty except for the scooter utes. And again, and you know rides. what? I, they mouthed off to Boba Fett. Boba Fett should have killed one of them. And say, look, if you guys want to work for me, you're going to have to listen to me. You know, but instead he's like, well, how about you guys? Do you want want a job? You know, it's like, I'll pay you to ride around on scooters. And yeah, you don't have to steal water anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. do your job. Like, and you don't have to look threatening. You know, you can still wear your purple hair. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, there, there were just serious problems along with that from start to finish. And the same way there were serious problems with Obi-Wan. Um, I liked the little girl who played Leia, but, you know, the fact that here's this 
little girl who's completely fearless when somebody's threatening to chop her up into pieces, you know, no, it would, it would have gone a long way if she broke at that point Mm. and became a real little girl. Um, But we didn't see it. And then plus we had people saying, why weren't there trigger warnings, you know, before certain episodes? Yeah. But that, that's, that's just a moronic people that, you know, we're going, we're going to have a murder here soon. So don't, don't get upset. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's a murder mystery. You know, you're going to tell us, warn us that somebody gets murdered. Like take all of the suspense out of things because somebody's feelings might get hurt. That, that's the problem with the world in general, let's say. Well, I can I say, can I go? Can I go, sir? Mr. McCarthy? I'm sure. going because he's not telling me anything. I, I'm like, it is your, <laughs> it is right. your go ahead. No, I the Mandalorian. I didn't expect much from. But then it. again, you know. Okay. I'm only messing with you. Sorry. I know. I know. I'm just glad that you're back, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let that go. Uh, no, I, I thought the Mandalorian was great, and I always say this: what was great about it is that it brought everybody together. People that were fans of the prequels, people that were fans of the original trilogy, the sequels, everybody loved it, you know, because there was something in it for everybody that everybody liked. There, it was also at the point where it didn't offend people, you know, by focusing too much on a certain group or anything like that. Just like, and it just proved that if you had the, the right writers and you had the right team behind a series or a movie, you can make everybody happy, not just one group. You know, um, so I, I loved it. I, I thought it was a great thing. The only thing I didn't like about it, I'm sorry, but the whole baby Yoda thing, I think that that's just getting ridiculous now. Um, I would rather see the Mandalorian just being a kick ass. I, I, I don't want to see him turn into Boba Fett. Cause like once he becomes a dad that he might not want to take risks or he's always trying to protect his little baby. I, I wish they, I wish he would have stayed with Luke. Uh, and it was cool to see Luke too, although it wasn't perfect. Luke's character was not ruined. You can't say the same about Boba Fett, and you can't say the same about right. Obi Wan Kenobi, because I feel like they destroyed those characters with these series. And I was never a fan of Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan to begin with, and it just to me this just proved it. He's not good a good actor. Um, he kind of ruined the character. He's too emotional, high strung, and. To me, that's not Obi-Wan. He was not that he was a coward, but he was very weak. And he took the whole Order 66, you know, way too hard where I felt he should have been stronger about it and said, well, you know, I'm the only one left and I'm going to make sure that, you know, that the, the Jedi live on or that uh, the the way of, of the force lives on. Instead, you know, he, he's in hiding. He's he's kind of afraid. He's intimidated by Darth Vader. I can't picture Alec Guinness being intimidated by Darth Vader ever, you know, and I never liked him in the prequels too. It's just, I felt they made a mistake casting Ewan McGregor. He's a, he's a crappy actor and he's a horrible Obi-Wan, that, but that's just me. I'm not going to say it's a fact. That's just me. That's just you. 
and Andor. Oh my God. For uh, production values, I, I say this looks beautiful, looks amazing, but it is so boring and nothing ever happens in this series. I think we're up to eight episodes now. And it, it, what the hell are they doing? I, I think maybe there's four or five episodes left. What are they going to do to keep to to get us to come back for episode uh, season two? We're on episode I'm, nine. I'm down two episodes. Oh, oh, we're up to nine. You said Frederick? yeah. Yeah, eight was eight the last one, or was it nine? I forget. Nine. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, it's just they're not doing anything. It's just boring. Well, you know they're in prison, right? Or maybe yeah. you don't, um, Jack. Uh, uh, yeah. The last I saw was when he was thrown in prison for yeah. basically just standing around. <laughs> the writers, they're just horrible. It's it, it just, and like I said, there's just so many sub stories going on that just aren't any very interesting. It cuts some of them out that aren't needed. It, it is a drudgery. It's like watching for me rings of power. Cause I finally gave up on it. Cause we don't have to cover it on, on this show. But we have to cover Andor, so I'm stuck watching this crap. And that's exactly what it is. Again, it looks nice. I think the actors are very good. But whoever's writing the words that are coming out of their mouth, shame on you. Shame, 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 shame. So I will say, yeah, the, the, the one gleaming bright spot for their live action series is The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But they need help. And I think that with the Aco- Acolyte coming out, it's going to go down some more. Uh, and, you know, we have talked. We, we've, I know I have. I've talked about how they push inclusiveness so much that that's their main focus. And it's okay if you have inclusiveness as long as story is your main focus. Because right. we've seen so many shows like, like The Boys – you know, are very inclusive and it's a great show, you know, and I, most people enjoy it. And, and so is uh, Invincible, you know, it's very inclusive too. You, you know, you, you don't have to hit us over the head with representation, you know, and pat yourself on the back at the same time. Just make us like the show where we're going to watch again. And because it, it, it does seem like they're, writing all of this stuff or making these shows and movies for a specific group of people and like they want them on board and they're like well the original fan base will stay on board because it's star wars but maybe we can get this new group on here if we make the whole series about what they like no (laughs) you're gonna lose the original fan base and that's exactly what's happened and i heard that andor is doing horrible in the ratings and the views it's like one of the worst Star Wars shows and maybe even one of the, you know, even if you include the Marvel shows, it's like really not too many people are watching it. Well, I mean, rightfully so. The way I see it is I think the inclusiveness bat gets swung around a lot harder on the Marvel shows than the Star Wars. It's just, I think Andor has the problem like the Rings of Power had. Nothing is happening. I mean, Rings of Power, if you watch the last two episodes of the season, you got the you got the gist of it. You know, maybe you see the first episode to 
see the introduction of the characters, and then the last two. But nothing happens in between that. You know, and even at the end of the second to last episode, until the big thing happens, nothing really happens. I mean, even the battle scenes were boring, which is, you know, how do you yeah, make I... how do you make knights versus orcs fighting boring? I gave up I on the third it. episode because it, it was 70 minutes long and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Nothing has happened whatsoever. And you're just pushing me to watch this because it says Lord of the Rings on there. Screw you. I'm yeah. done. But the yeah. same the same thing with Andor, you know, it's like to get the glimmer of something. Something's happening. Something's about to happen. And then it peters out. It's like, and- let us let us see. And this doesn't good. It doesn't help the character of Andor. It's not like it uh, gives the character more weight when you see what he's gone through in all these episodes. It's like they really should have named it something like the Seeds of Rebellion or something. Yeah, and exactly Birth Birth of the Rebellion. Well, even that would make more sense than focusing on Andor. Like Diego Luna even said that he said that because I feel bad that it's called Andor because there's so many people involved in it. And he's right, you know, and like I always said, he's a boring character. I just didn't like him in Rogue One. Um, but yeah, well, let's move on. Uh, not doing too good with the live action series. All right. So the animated series, we'll, we'll, we'll go to that now. So we have Star Wars Rebels. We have Resistance. We have the Bad Batch. We have Visions. And we have Tales of the Jedi. I am going to tell you, Fedro, that I think that the two series that you should watch our visions. I think you will like that because it's was made by uh, Japanese animators. You know, so it's anime. It's basically a bunch of many episodes um, where you take some of the Star Wars characters and you incorporate them into some of them. Stories are in feudal Japan. Some of them are, uh, you know, crazy anime with the bug eyes and all that. I, I liked it. I mean, it, not every episode was good, but there were there were a couple of good ones, and it's beautifully drawn. Some of them are beautifully drawn, and then Some of them. and then this last Tales of the Jedi, excellent. It's like six episodes, beautifully drawn, great stories. You'd love it, you know. If you ever get a chance, actually, Tales okay. of the Jedi, I'm a hundred percent with Joe on this. That was a masterpiece of star wars that was it was beautifully done it had a fantastic story even though you brought diverse characters in i mean seriously uh in tales of the jedi they brought what was her name yaddle 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 in and you know what they made her a interesting character yeah they made her interesting they gave her emotion a personality a motivation she was good while in the prequel she was just a throwaway character oh yeah let's stick another yoda in and make her check you know yeah do, do you remember her fedra like a, if you saw the prequel she was part of the jedi council she was like a female yoda so she was only on screen for yeah, Lincoln, you'll miss it. But no, it was, and Lucas and, said that her name is Yaddle, you know. But you know, can you explain to me how come Yoda talks like that and Yaddle doesn't? 
I don't, I don't know. Although I liked it, I, I'd rather Yoda speak like Yaddle. You know, it's like, why does he speak so weird and she doesn't? Because I found it more interesting. I found her, her character, I, I was more attached to her character that she was serious and that she didn't do this. Like, ah, you know, uh, Master Dooku, you uh, don't, you know, I'm not going to do an impersonation. Same Yoda. thing. They made Dooku into an interesting character you could see why he turned yeah and mm -hmm. you know what's worse you can understand why he turned not only do you see him turn you can understand why you know where and then you also get to understand like just how bad palpatine screwed him over like everybody else you know oh yeah <laughs> it, it really was good and it was drawn beautifully the backgrounds and scenery were fantastic yes it, they, they really were you'd you'd swear that like this wasn't done by lucas arts this was done by disney animation yeah no it could have been a feature because film. It, this this was it was beautiful to look at i mean and like i said the story was great the characters were were terrific that you could actually feel for them, even though even though they're animated characters, they showed emotion. You you got it. The voice acting was terrific. Tales of the Jedi probably has to be. I, I would I would agree with Joe saying this was the best of Star Wars animation. The Star Wars visions, I would say, skip that. Don't waste your time. no. Don't skip that, Fedger. I thought that was rubbish. But rubbish. <laughs> rubbish. I would say Trash. if you're going to skip something, skip resistance. Resistance was a was terrible. Yeah, you could skip that one. Okay. But then again, I th I thought Rebels was very good. I enjoyed all of Rebels. Uh, but let's face it, also Bad Batch was a lot of fun. Yeah, I gave up guys, on Bad Batch. You guys told me Bad Batch to check out, which I didn't forget. Yeah, it was kind of like a spinoff of the Clone Wars. But... I think both Jack and I gave up on it after a while. Uh, although it wasn't bad. It's just that maybe we had too much to watch at that point. Of what? Bad Batch? No, of other things. Uh, well, know. I mean, well, the last season. There was only uh, one season. Clone Wars was very good. Yeah, that was good. That's true. That was also a big step forward from what we'd seen on previous seasons of Clone Wars. Uh and I thought, like I said, the story was very good on that as well. So, I mean, I would say overall that Star Wars has done better with animation than it has the live actions. And I will give credit to where credit is due. Dave Filoni, he did Rebels, he did The Bad Batch, and he did Tales of the Jedi. I, I don't think he did Resistance, and I think Visions was again, something that just Japanese storytellers and animators did. He, he might've been involved, but it seems like he's got the, the heartbeat of uh, the fans of the Clone Wars and uh, he can make that interesting. I, I never saw the whole series. I, I just, again, I'm not a fan of the prequels, no matter what they try to sugar it up with, but I know a lot of people have enjoyed it, including Jack. He's, mm, he's liked a lot right. of it. Most of the Clone Wars, I just, it's the animation style. I, it, I just can't get past that. 
and, and it is getting better because this, you know, the Tales of the Jedi, it's not 100% uh, at the point where it looks incredible because they still have a little bit of the look of the Clone Wars, but it's vastly, vastly improved. improved. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll give that one a, a win <laughs> in that column. All right, let's see here. So our last thing is the theme parks. So we finally got like a our own little Star Wars land. It was called Galaxy's Edge. And one of the rides that were, there were two rides in Galaxy's Edge. It was Smuggler's Run and the Rise of the Resistance. And um, I, you, you guys haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet, right? I haven't. I haven't gotten down to Disney in years. Yeah, I haven't checked out those rides. No, Smugglers Run, excellent ride. Excellent. It's I, I've been on it five or six times before COVID, <laughs> and it's just so much fun. They, they they really nailed it. And if I would give uh, an A to Smugglers Run. I'd give an A plus to Rise of Resistance. So they hit a home run with the two of those rides. The problem with Galaxy's Edge is it just doesn't look like Star Wars to me. It looks like, again, you know, like the slums in Rogue One. Uh, and that's not Star Wars to me. It's, it's not a fun place to visit where you're kind of like, not in the underworld, but uh, kind of like in a merchant's sort of bizarre type of place. And I've always said that Star Wars, they should never have called it Galaxy's Edge. They should have just call it Star Wars Land. And it should have incorporated so much more of the Star Wars saga, you know, like have like the prequels, the original trilogy, the sequels, you know, all, all those characters where we'd get to see them all. It's limited to the sequels. So you'll see Ray, you'll see Kylo Ren. But you won't see Luke, you won't see Darth Vader, you won't see Qui-Gon Jinn or anything like that. And I, I think that's a real shame because in the end, I would say that the rise of Skywalker was so bad that the the sequel trilogy was a failure, you know. And I think they have egg on their face. And I, and I think that might even keep people away because again, the, the Force Awakens was so good. I, I can see you wanting to see a land where where Rey exists, and you want to meet her, and you want to see her duel. But by the time the Rise of Skywalker came out, you're like, I'm done, <laughs> I'm done <laughs> I, with this crap. It's like I, I'm going to go watch the 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 original trilogy, you know, to get my Star Wars groove on, not this crap and. That's what they're missing. And Jack and I have said numerous times, Star Wars weekends. Bring back Star Wars weekends. That's what we want to see. Yes. That see. was that was so much fun. Yeah. It, I think it, we went two we went two years to it, and then they canceled it on the third year. We were planning on going. Which I went so many times. I, I probably so bad because it was so much fun. Every time I went, it was an A plus. I I probably went twenty times, you know. And, and you get to see different stars from the movies. Uh, one of the times I went, Rebels had not even come out yet, 
but everybody was there. All the voice actors were there and there was no line to meet them. And wow. Nice. It was just, it's just so great. You know, it's. Uh, and like I said, all the characters, the main characters had meet and greets, but there would just be stormtroopers walking around. There'd be Gamorreans walking around different aliens, just. Oh, like I'd I love said, that. <laughs> just walking around in the streets. I'd was, want photos with everybody. <laughs> and you could dress as your favorite Star Wars character. Yeah, you could dress up too. And I Slave Leia was there. So much fun. Of course. You know, and Padme was too. Padme, uh, well, Queen Amidala. Mm-hmm. You could take a picture with her. It, it was. And it's like, I'm not a fan of the prequels, but I wanted to take a picture with Queen Amidala. I wanted to take a picture with uh, Anakin, Mace Windu, you know. And, and even, they looked good. They, like the, the woman who was dressed up as, what was her name? Shakti. She's sort yeah. of like uh, Ahsoka. Oh, Ahsoka, yeah. But oh, okay. She's got like the, the squidly same kind of head tentacles, but she's got <laughs> like these big red makeup on and stuff. Yeah. She looks so damn good. Like the makeup was just spot on. And even the one who uh, played, what was her name? Ventress. We've yeah. only seen her animated, but the way they had her made up, she looked like she just stepped off the screen into real life. I mean, they were wow. really, really good. And, and that's synergy, you know, because like when you go to the parks and you see a character looking that good and you want to take a picture with them, then you want to go back and watch the TV show that they're in, you know, but they don't get it, Disney. It's, they need well, new it, leadership. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it brings that atmosphere into the real world and it really connects everything you know the rides that you go on and the movies that you enjoy and you also i I think it also appreciates the actors you know because you you emulate you know those characters dressing up too and it and it makes that part of the community and i think when you take that away then it's just products you know and they need to go back to the tried and trued form of disney i i wasn't there when this occurred but from my understanding you know disney had huge choreography with singers and actors in disney and they would you know perform on on the streets and that's not just about making a performance and entertaining that's also again building community because you know all these people are not famous actors but you see how dedicated they are to the characters that they're playing. They're singing their heart out, you know, these songs that we all know. And of course, the children and, and the parents alike are going to sing on some level because they know the the words, you know, and that brings each other together. So, again, when you don't have that, it's just, OK, I'm going to go to this store and buy this stuff and I'm going to go to this restaurant and I'm just going to eat and going to take a picture with this statue and then go home and i yeah. think that's what star wars galaxy has turned into exactly and it's like you know oh you can have some bantha meat and it's just beef jerky <laughs> you know but that'll cost you twenty dollars <laughs> well i'm i mean supposedly i don't know when uh but i mentioned it with my dad and my dad says he wants to make a whole trip where we're going to go to universal and to disney so I'll let you guys know. Oh, I would, lo- yeah, I would love to 
I'd love you. for you to come out, Joe, and, and hang out with us because yeah. uh, I would really love that. But it'd be um, it'd be nice one time, Jack. We could all meet up as the podcast and go on on the the trip the there. That'd show. be fun. The Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> and we could record like with our phones, I guess, as we're going to each ride. <laughs> what do we think? <laughs> right then and there, live. Yeah, it'd be like. Come on, Jack, keep up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be gimping away and Joe will be like, he's so slow. No, Jack, Joe would be like, I'm not going on that one. I've already done that 15 times. No, I want to go to this one. <laughs> no, I'd be like, I'm not going on that one. It's too scary. I'm going to throw up on that one. I ain't doing that one. Although I don't think I, I would say that in Galaxy's Edge. Again, those, those rides are so cool. Um. No, Jack would be like the the pirate from uh, Treasure Planet. (laughs) I'd have the map and I'd be like, okay, how do we logistically be able to, how much time do we have? We got to give me the map, Fedra. Give me the map. I will organize everything (laughs) efficiently for us all. We need a highlighter so we make sure we get everything. And I would make uh, Fedra and Jack the pilots of the Millennium Falcon because that's the best positions to have. There you go. Uh, it's so much fun, Fedra, because one pilot controls the vertical, one pilot controls the horizontal, and you have to work together. Yes. You know, and it and it uses like actual like airplane and helicopter controls. Where was it? Back is up, and is it forward, yeah, forward is down. Is down. And your your brain, if you're not used to that, you're crashing all over the place. And you feel it. It's a good ride. It's a damn good ride. We'd have to get it on video. I'll 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 put my hand on Jack's shoulder and I'll be like, I've bypassed the compressor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Lord. I had to put it in there, you know. Um or it'd be worse. The three of us go go on to uh Smugglers running, and we come out. We aren't talking anymore. <laughs> well, I remember when I, Edward, I was, you killed us. When I first went on, and I was the pilot, I sucked, and I kept banging into everything. And it makes everybody's ride miserable because it's really you get knocked around. I ran when that ride was over because I because <laughs> I was afraid to look at them. You know, <laughs> it's like because I ruined the experience for everybody. Um, and I got pissed at people that were horrible pirates. Uh, pilots when i was a gunner you know and i was like Those damn bastards you know it's like they they, they did they intentionally hit everything mm-hmm. it's crazy but but anyway yeah it's it just doesn't feel like star wars they could have done a better job at that and then you get the star wars galactic star cruiser hotel which is overly overly priced and that looks nothing like star wars how is that doing now anyway yeah, six thousand dollar cubicle, and you get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and potato chips. These are star <laughs> chips. Um, no, I, I I hear it's not doing very well. Uh, they're gonna have to probably restructure it. I mean, that's my thoughts. I, I don't have any inside information, but no, again, I mean, like it was such a it was such a big deal, and then it opened. Yeah, and it just sort of like disappeared. You never hear anything about you, it. You don't ever hear about it. I don't think there's repeat bookings because it's like once you do it, like the people that want to do it will do it, but they're not going to do it again. And the other people that are curious about doing it, they just can't afford it. 
you know? So it's like, I can see crickets, you know, in that place. Uh, it just doesn't look like fun. And it, and it should have been an experience that we all could have enjoyed without paying, like Fedra said, like $6,000 for two nights. Um, it should have been in Galaxy's Edge. That's what we were promised. Aliens walking around, looking like characters out of the Star Wars universe, talking to us, communicating with us, droids banging into us. But it's like, nope, we're going to charge for that. And it just doesn't look like much fun. I've seen tons of videos, you know, Tom has had a bunch on, on the site and, you know, he had some positive experiences, but he, he's had some negative ones. Yeah. I but wouldn't. I don't think Tom was paying $6,000 for it. So. He was, uh, I think oh, he it, was, uh, I thought, I thought he was comped. No, no, he, uh, he's, <laughs> I'm like, no comment there, but no, okay. no, he, no, he, he, I would have thought since, you know, he does promote them so much that they might've thrown him a trip but okay and yeah wdwnt is uh disney's not uh they're not like this where i'm putting my two fingers together we'll just say that okay they're, they're more like they're the thumb we're the pinky <laughs> you know so i'll just leave it at that okay all right so what do you guys think do you think that it was a mistake for them to buy star wars you know, do you think Star Wars fans are happy over the purchase? And um, I I think younger fans uh probably think it was a, a good deal that it was a very exciting time because it allowed a lot of different Star Wars to come out. I think us uh, older folks who who have a different feel of it, having grown up with the original trilogy and, you know, the way we did uh, on the big screen and then seeing it in a smaller screen and seeing different editions come out. I, I think it depends how old you are and how you feel. Um, they've done a lot of good stuff, but they've done a lot of bad stuff. It's been a very mixed bag as an older fan. Uh, however, if, your first exposure to Star Wars was the prequels. Um, you probably have a different feeling towards it. You probably think it was a good thing. So I, I think it's a mixed bag, uh, depending on where you are in your stage of lifetime fandom, I guess. Andrew? I can see that. I will remain positive and hopeful, as I usually am. Where I will say that in order for Star Wars to stay alive for as long as it is and to keep going, then it was a good business venture for Disney to pursue it because with its, you know, finances and staff and visions, they have created different storylines of Star Wars and to keep it alive and to give a huge catalog to fit all of us generations, which I agree with Jack on, that it's a 50-50 split there where some of us that know the originals want that uh, storyline to stay. And the newer generations may enjoy, you know, the newer storylines. I feel that I would rather have Star Wars 
continuing on than not at all. So I'll just say that for now, it was a good uh, reasoning for them to pick it up. Because if they didn't, I wonder where would we be with Star Wars at all? Well, as a grade from A to F, what would you give it? C plus. Okay. Jack? Hmm. Overall, I'd probably say a B. Yeah, I'd probably give it a C minus. Um, I I think it was a mistake. I, I love the Force Awakens and the Mandalorian, but you look at all you combine all the crap that's out there, and recently, it's just I feel like they're going down a path that you can't follow. Yeah, you can't follow. We can't follow, or we're not going to enjoy. It's not our Star Wars anymore, and. Uh, like you were saying, Jack, like, you know, like where young kids could enjoy it. But I think parents can be like, ah, I miss the good old days, you know, with Luke battling Darth Vader. And now I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, yeah, it's sad. I, I think it's sad. I, I, I think the original trilogy was sacred. And, you know, it was a classic. And now it's getting lost in the shuffle with, with so we're getting oversaturated with star Wars stuff, a lot of bad star Wars stuff. And uh, it's, it, it's losing its luster. Uh, you know, I've watched the original trilogy recently and there's still good movies. And to me, that's my star Wars. Everybody, you know, you can't, you can't force someone to say that the prequels are canon. You have to watch them. You don't have to watch them. If you don't want to, you just watch the stuff that you like. And if you just like the prequels, you don't have to watch the original trilogy, but that's the way I am. I, I like the original trilogy that reminds me of my youth and how I had a good time. And I don't have to worry about the rise of Skywalker crap in that, that, that trilogy. Um, I think I know I, I, you never know. There's always a chance, but I think the only person that can save us right now is George Lucas. I think that I'm, I'm hoping I'm praying that maybe, and I don't know if it's possible. I have no idea how much money he's got. I know he gave a lot to charity. I wish he would buy Disney. You know, for as bad as Lucas was at times with the prequels, it's nowhere near as bad as what Disney has done to the franchise. No, Luke, Luke, the thing with Lucas is Lucas has a great idea guide, but he needs help with the implementation. He needs... He can come up with great ideas. He needs somebody else to direct. Yep. Well, he doesn't have, again, he doesn't have to direct. He doesn't have to write the movies. He just has to take control of Star right. Wars again. Because right now, Disney, again, you, you got a bunch of purple and pink haired people writing for the franchise and, you know, they're putting themselves into the stories and, they're losing the core audience. The core audience wants wants to be reinvigorated, like what the Force Awakens did. Um, you know, we're we don't need to see the old characters every friggin' time when we see a movie, but we need to see a good movie every time we see a Star Wars movie. You just can't give us crap. And in the series, if you're gonna do a series, don't give us crap. It's Star Wars for crying out loud. You know, it's. You got to treat this with a little more respect than 
your other franchises like the Santa Claus or something like that. Uh, you know, well, oh, there's one aspect we didn't discuss that uh, I think I uh, think they're doing an excellent job with at the moment. I think I know what you're going to say, but what? You know what they're all going to say? Video games? No. The Star Wars comic books. Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to say that. The main Star Wars series and the Darth Vader series are excellent. Uh, all the runs of them have been great. And you know what? These are the people they should be giving the Star Wars. Oh, it's cool. Live That's good to know. To. Because should... you know what? They have, they have the characterizations, right? Like, for example, um, right now they started the second series of Star Wars. And this takes place between uh, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And you see Luke's growth, you know, where in a lot of times he is still the kid who's telling Yoda, no, I, I'm sorry, I have to go. I know better than what you're talking about. I have to go save my friends. And he's making that impatient jump forward. But then there's other times where he's like, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this yet. I need to I need to learn what I'm supposed to be doing. So you see him go through that back and forth. You see Leah at times she's being the leader, but then that's weighed against, you know, her impatience to go after and try to save Han Solo. It's just the stories follow the characters at that time period very well. And the same thing between episode four and the Empire Strikes Back. All of those story arcs were terrific. And um, like I said, I, I really think they should bring those guys into the meetings for what they're going to do with their series on Disney Plus. Because no, it sounds good to me. They, because the people who are in those meetings um, don't know what they're doing. They're more concerned about putting their agendas into these series than the characters but the comic guys the comic guys have these characters down right so no i i would say right now we are living in dark times when it comes to star wars but there is a new hope there are so, bright spots somewhere out there there is the perfect director that is going to be chosen to direct a star wars movie that's going to change everything but I don't know when it's going to happen, what movie it is, but one day we're all going to see a Star Wars movie that we enjoy. And I'm hoping that comes sooner than later. Well, I keep looking at the phone, but it's not ringing yet, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, you, and Fedra, if we got involved, man, we'd make a great movie. You can even do the soundtrack, Fedra. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love to get. <laughs> I'd love there. to get Zimmerman in there and and work with him on this. Oh, that's oh, a yes. good idea. Yeah, hey, John Williams, you could sit it out for this one. <laughs> We're gonna bring in uh, Hans Zimmer. And uh, no, better yet, we'll get somebody, some pop artist. So it'd be like the Flash Gordon movie when Queen did all. No, music. I said Frederick can do that. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, you're not. You're not bringing in Zimmer. This has to be a Frederick production. 
Oh wow! No, 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 no. I no. She can sing a couple. She can be like, what is it? The Twilight Girls or whatever. Twilight Girls. I don't know that Twilight dude. Twilik. Oh, paint her blue. Put those squiddly diddlies on her head. Make her sing a song. You know. There you go. And then exit stage left, Pedro. And then Hans Zimmer's uh, piece comes in. <laughs> by the time we get this story, I don't think John Williams is going to be around. Um, Chris. Well, I, you know, I thought he retired with Rise of Skywalker, but he's he's supposedly he's coming back for the Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, he's still doing concerts. God bless the guy. <laughs> no, he, you know, we're going off on it. I'm going off on a tangent here. He is the equivalent to like Mozart and Beethoven for the 20th and 21st century. You know, one day people will remember his work. Oh, yes. I I definitely agree with that, hands down. (laughs) And I'm glad I got to see him twice. Did you ever see him, Jack? No, I haven't. Um, Fedra? No, I've not. Suckers! Uh, no, I got I got to hear him play the Star Wars theme, Superman, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Close Encounters, E.T. 1941. <laughs> 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 that was a good little tune, though. You know, and Harry Potter. That guy's the man. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap this one up. So. Uh, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me mail at jackm at wdwnt.com. And uh, Fedra? You could find me on Instagram at Fedra Acaris or be my friend on Facebook. And you can email me at Fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook and check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney and Universal news. And finally, if you enjoy our show and other WDWNT podcasts, please become a Patreon supporter. Please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. And with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert, Season 8, Episode 48. So until next time, see ya. Good night, all. See you in a month. Good night, everyone. I wouldn't be surprised at that one. (laughs) 